0: We're getting spooky, very spooky. Today's episode, we have two true ghost stories involving heartbreak. First up, a woman moves into a historic apartment after a breakup and experiences a series of unsettling paranormal events. And secondly, we're heading up north to Stowe, Vermont to Emily's Bridge. Legend says in the 1800s, a young woman named Emily was jilted by the man she loved and spent her final moments on that bridge. And her spirit apparently never left, as it's one of the most haunted spots in the nation. I'm Avery Ross, and this is Avery After Dark. Thanks so much for tuning in for today's episode. If you enjoy this podcast, leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you follow along wherever you listen. Now, without further ado, today's first haunting. One of the top five stressors in life is moving. It can be exciting, but also nerve wracking. And if you've ever experienced a big move, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Add in the idea of moving into a place that's haunted by a ghost or 12. Yeah, I'd say that could be a bit intense. In 2002, a young woman named Megan was on the hunt for a new place to live. She and her long-term boyfriend had broken up, and since the two shared a home in his name, the split forced Megan to pack up her life and find a new place to live and start over. Yearning for comfort, Megan began searching apartments for rent in her hometown of Richmond, Virginia. And one day, she came across a listing that seemed like it could be the perfect fit for her. She hopped in her car to check it out in person. The gothic looking structure was built in the 1920s and it had an undeniable historic charm. Megan said that as soon as she stepped foot on the property, she noticed that she already felt strangely at home. After getting a tour of the place from the manager, Megan decided this was it and she signed a one-year lease on the apartment. She said she felt like the apartment was calling to her. More than that, Megan's mother had died years prior. And she said while visiting the apartment building, she heard a voice nudging her to move there and she believed it was her mom, her mother's spirit guiding her. Within those next couple weeks, Megan moved all of her belongings into the new apartment. She was in a brand new chapter of her life and was settling in nicely. But moving into an older building, Megan found the place had its quirks. One of the first things she noticed was the building's hallway lights seemed to always be flickering and sometimes out altogether. This was unsettling later in the evenings when Megan would be returning home from work, but she really didn't want to come off as high maintenance with the building manager in her first month. So she decided to use a small flashlight to guide her through the dark hallways. But this was only the beginning of Megan's challenges in the apartment. During that first month, Megan began noticing that things were being moved around her apartment. Notably, a jacket that she would always hang on the back of her kitchen chair began somehow making its way into the bedroom closet. She was the only one in the apartment, so she found this a bit unnerving. She also found that the salt and pepper shakers that normally sat on the stove would be moved into the cabinet, and on one very strange occasion, in the refrigerator. She also said she had an antique wind-up snow globe that had been gifted to her by her grandma, and she kept this in the living room. It had a wind-up music box inside that hadn't worked in years, but Megan kept it for sentimental value, and she was startled as she found it began suddenly playing playing music randomly throughout the day and night. Now this really spooked her because she knew it was no longer functional. So there was no rational explanation for any of this activity. And then Megan began receiving phone calls, sometimes during the day and sometimes at night. Every time she would pick up the phone and there was no one on the other end of the line. She would repeatedly ask, hello, is anyone there? But all she could hear was a loud static and these calls kept coming. She said she felt as if someone was trying to communicate with her, but she didn't know who or what they were trying to say. Other electronic equipment also began to malfunction. Megan's TV, which she had never had issues with before, would inexplicably begin to glitch and begin running through all the channels at random, like someone had their hand on the remote control. Megan would get up, turn the TV on and off, try to reset it, But on certain occasions, this would go on for so long that she would give up and unplug the TV from the wall altogether. Another unsettling occurrence was her shower radio. She kept it in the bathroom and as a part of her wind down routine, she would draw herself a bath, flick on the radio and unwind while listening to some of her favorite music. But in that apartment, she would get into the bathtub only to have the radio switch to a different frequency, specifically an old time jazz station, the channels changing on their own, just like the TV. She would get out of the tub, walk over and switch it back to the station that she liked. But no matter how many times she moved that dial back, the station would switch. Once again, this got to be so tiring that she gave up and listened to whatever station the radio would turn to. But undoubtedly, one of the creepiest things that happened to Megan inside that apartment was the music. At first, Megan thought this was coming from a neighboring apartment. It was only after following the sound one evening that she made a shocking discovery. She followed the tune and found that the sound was somehow originating from the back corner of her closet. Now this really spooked her, how could it not? And she didn't quite know what to make of any of this. And then we get to the stuff of nightmares. Late one night, as Megan was asleep in bed, around 2.30 a.m., she was awakened by the sound of her computer in her bedroom turning on and her screen now illuminating her dark bedroom. And as she opened up her eyes, she was horrified. She woke up to find a dozen ghosts wandering around her bedroom, circling around her bed. She said she was wide awake, fully aware of her surroundings. This was no dream. Megan laid frozen in fear as she watched the shapes pace near her bedside. She said that she was certain that these entities were human or had been at some point. Too petrified to move, she laid in the darkness until her computer shut off again. Can you believe that? Imagine waking up to find a dozen ghosts wandering around her bedroom. Oh. Okay. I don't know if I'd make it through that. One ghost? Fine. Two? Okay. Three? Kind of pushing it. But twelve? Twelve ghosts? That is one crowded bedroom. And what are you all doing in here? I mean, let a girl sleep. Come on. She said she had no idea how long this event lasted, but said it felt like an eternity. And from that night on, the paranormal events escalated. And her view of this apartment building drastically changed. The first day she toured this place, she said it felt like home, not anymore. And that her mom's spirit was with her, urging Megan that this was the right choice to move there. But in light of all the unsettling occurrences in the apartment, she wasn't so sure that was the case. After returning home from work late one evening, Megan found a note taped to her door asking her to contact the property manager at her earliest convenience. So she gets inside, calls him, and is shocked. He told her that a noise complaint had been filed against her by her neighbors next door. According to the couple, they had grown tired of the loud, wild parties Megan had been throwing inside her apartment, many of these in the middle of the workday. The neighbor said that when they came to knock on her door to voice their concerns, she had ignored the persistent knocks even though they could hear voices on the other side of the door. Megan hears this and is like, say what? She informs the property manager that she wasn't having any loud parties. In fact, she was usually gone during the weekdays at work. And even when she was home, she wasn't throwing any big shindigs. She told the property manager that there must be some misunderstanding, but then, she started to understand what they were talking about. Around this time, Megan began to randomly hear voices in her apartment, as if people were in the midst of conversations. And initially, she believed they were coming from the neighbors. The voices sounded muffled, but also strangely close. She could never make out exactly what was being said, but claimed she always had this really haunting and uneasy feeling that they were talking about her as she heard them refer to the girl on numerous occasions. She had seen and met many of her neighbors and she was the only younger woman living in the apartment building at the time. Most of the tenants were older. So she's hearing and seeing things in the apartment. What next? We'll be right back. You're back with Avery After Dark. Unexpectedly, for a time period, the activity seemed to settle down. Eventually, spring came and Megan decided to do some cleaning in the apartment. One day, she was in the kitchen, reorganizing some items in the cupboards, when suddenly, she heard a huge crash in the living room. She jumped up, ran over to see what happened, and was stunned to find the ceiling fan on the floor. She looked up to see a gaping hole in the ceiling. Megan had no idea how this happened. The fan wasn't on, she hadn't even touched it, This was beyond bizarre, so she had no choice but to call the property manager, asking him to come check it out. Later that afternoon, he got to the apartment and he was as baffled as Megan. After taking a look at the fan and checking out the ceiling, he could find no rational explanation for how it had become dislodged from the ceiling. He said when they did inspections before she moved in, it was in perfect working order. He also said it was a good thing she wasn't standing under it when it dropped or she would have been a goner. It was then Megan began to realize the severity of what had happened and how bad that could have been. The property manager had a crew come out and replace the fan in the following days. And finally, summer came. After spending a year in that apartment, Megan made the decision to not renew her lease. Along with all the strange ghostly activity, she never felt at home there like she initially hoped. And she was convinced that the entities within the building had claim on the space. After packing up her apartment, Megan was all set to move out and went down to the property manager's office to return her keys. Inside the office was a woman she had seen around the property a few times and understood her to be the owner of the building. She had never spoke to her much, but in light of the fact that Megan was about to move out, she struck up a conversation with a woman, wanting to see if she could find out more information on the place. Megan told her about what she had experienced in the apartment, the unsettling activity, And she was surprised to see that this woman didn't seem shocked by any of it. This woman explained that back in the day, the building had been used as a brothel that was rumored to have been run by the mob. This building was often the site of violence. Several murders had taken place inside during its years. And all of these murders she believed were covered up by officials who were in the pocket of organized crime. This woman reassured Megan that she wasn't alone. She said nearly all of her tenants, past and present, reported paranormal activity in the building. Learning this, Megan was quite relieved that she was moving out. After this, Megan moved to another spot in Richmond and never experienced anything paranormal ever again. She never found any of her things moved, her TVs and radios worked just fine, never heard any music or voices ever again, and never woke up in the middle of the night to find a dozen ghosts wandering around her bedroom. But she said she goes out of her way to avoid the street where the old building still stands. She says she knows it sounds illogical, but after learning about the building's history, she never wanted any of those entities dwelling inside to say, Megan's back and hitch a ride. It's safe to say, given the history of the apartment building, it's quite likely that many spirits are tied to the structure due to the trauma and violence experienced there. This haunting is especially fascinating because of how active the spirits were. Megan saw, heard, and felt them. And I guess they tried to drop a ceiling fan on her. That's a first. I don't think we've ever covered a case where ghosts have done that before. Messing with my TV, radio, and interrupting my sleep is one thing but trying to drop a ceiling fan on me, yikes. I also find it so spooky that you could hear the ghosts talking about her, referring to her as the girl. Talk about a gossipy ghost. Now, our second story. In Stowe, Vermont, there's a bridge with a very eerie reputation. There are hundreds of historic, picturesque bridges all around New England, but Emily's bridge is different than the rest. Aside from it being one of the oldest covered bridges still standing in the United States, it's also considered to be one of the most haunted spots in Vermont. And the legend behind it is fascinating. The ghost of a young woman named Emily is believed to have haunted the bridge for decades. And just basing it off appearance, this bridge does look a little spooky, doesn't it? I think so. Built in 1844, The rustic wood-framed structure was known as Goldbrook Bridge. It sits right outside Stowe Village. Now, there are a few variations of Emily's story, but they all end with a heartbroken woman that passed long before her time. The first version of the story goes, in the mid-1800s, a local woman named Emily fell in love with a man that her family disapproved of. I wonder why they didn't approve of him. Was he a bad boy? Ooh. The plot thickens. In turn, the two decided to elope and meet at the bridge at midnight. They were gonna run away together, but sadly, her love never showed. Jilted and heartbroken, Emily took her own life from the rafters of the covered bridge. The other version depicts a similar love story with a similar tragic ending. This version said that Emily met a man and fell deeply in love with him. The couple made plans to marry, Dressed in a stunning gown, Emily arrived at the church for her wedding day and waited for her groom to arrive, but he never showed. Emily waited and waited until it was clear. She planned to confront him. Jumping into her family's wagon, the horses were galloping at an uncontrollable speed through town. And when Emily reached the bridge, she lost control at the turn and was tossed to her death. Both versions of the story leave Emily heartbroken and dead. After her untimely death, residents in Stowe began reporting strange occurrences while traveling over the bridge. And many came to believe that the ghost of Emily was haunting it. Her spirit, still angry and jilted, remains attached to the bridge. Ghost stories have circulated for years, many of them straight out of a horror movie. The paranormal occurrences are consistent with the poltergeist. Apparently, Emily's ghost is an angry one, but she did get left at the altar. So, do you blame her? People parked on the bridge have reportedly found claw-like marks down the sides of their cars. Even scarier, those who have been brave enough to walk through Emily's bridge without the protection of a vehicle have reported feeling scratched, grabbed, and experiencing really bad neck pain. Many have heard the sound of a woman's voice, seeing flashes of light. Others have reported hearing hurried footsteps coming up behind them, only to turn around. And find no one there. One of the most haunting accounts was in 1968 when a group of high schoolers went to the bridge to contact Emily using a Ouija board. This group claimed they made contact with an entity and she named herself on the board as Emily and the group was thoroughly convinced it was her. In that same night, they reportedly heard a dragging sound on the top of their car while on the bridge. Most of the encounters with Emily are reported between 12 and 3 a.m. Some claim the legend behind Emily's Bridge is just old Vermont folklore. But those who have walked, rather run, away from Emily's Bridge with scratch marks as evidence believe that Emily's ghost and the legend behind the bridge is very real. And if it isn't Emily, it's something else, unearthly. I gotta know, have you ever visited... Would you be brave enough to take a walk down Emily's Bridge at midnight? Let me know in the comments. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode. And be sure to share Avery After Dark with your friends, family, coworkers, anyone that you know that needs a little spookiness, a little mystery in their life. Next episode, I've got so much more coming your way. Until then, I'm Avery Ross, and this is Avery After Dark.